The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some of the changes in tracking of your performance marketing spend. Joining us is Vlad Zovtenko, who is the co-founder and CEO of RedTrack, which is an ad tracking and conversion attribution platform for media buyers that helps them consolidate data across channels to turn insights into action with real-time notifications and campaign optimization rules on granular cookie-less data. Yesterday, Vlad and I had a really interesting conversation talking about what's changed in the Facebook ad manager. And today we're going to continue that conversation talking about the changes to Facebook's conversion API. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Vlad Zobtenko, co-founder and CEO of RedTrack. Vlad, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Happy to be again and talking more of that hot topic. And this topic is really hot for the last three months. Yeah, it's been an exciting time in the world of ad tracking and Facebook. If anybody missed our conversation yesterday, Vlad and I talked about what's different in the Facebook ads manager. And my takeaway from that is a lot of what's changed is that you can only use your pixel in certain capacities. You only get eight conversions events. And with those conversion events, you actually have to prioritize them, which creates another level of complexity for a lot of different types of businesses. And it seems like the workaround here is that Facebook has made some changes into what's called their conversion API. So Vlad's going to walk us through what that is and how it works. So Vlad, first off, let's start back at the beginning. Tell me what Facebook's conversion API actually does. So Facebook conversion API takes the data you feed to Facebook and allows Facebook to record conversions that happened after somebody saw the ad, click the ad or did something else on the web properties or somewhere else after Facebook in the customer web properties. And Facebook conversion API, it's actually quite old. It was called differently. And it was created several years ago for the bigger customers of Facebook to feedback what people call now offline conversion. It's like, for example, you sign up for a test drive and Facebook can see this data and make uh, an optimizer campaigns. But if you complete the test drive, you're happy, you buy the car, Facebook doesn't know and cannot optimize your campaigns. So bigger brands reached out to Facebook and Facebook gave them an opportunity to feed that offline data back to Facebook 
to be used for all the type of purposes from building uh, similar audiences to retargeting to running innovation optimized events. So how is that different than the Facebook conversion pixel? On my website, we've got our Facebook pixel. And when somebody gets to a content page, we call that an event that happens. When somebody clicks the subscribe button, that's an event as well. How is the API different than the events that you've already integrated into your website? So the only difference is that when you have Facebook pixel, pixel does all the job for you. It collects the data. It knows Facebook profile of your visitor because Facebook Pixel can see Facebook user ID in the cookies and just feeds this data to Facebook. With Conversion API, you are the one who needs to collect all this data, process it, organize in specific format and requirements, and send it back to Facebook. So basically, with Facebook Conversion API, you can do more work, but you are in control of what data you collect what data you share back. And this is where I say advantages for many companies who want to stay in compliance with all the privacy regulations. Okay, so instead of allowing Facebook to collect the data on your platform, you can aggregate it yourself and send it. I guess my question there is, look, it's easy to put a pixel on a website and say, hey, Facebook, if you see somebody that uses your platform, collect this data from them. If you're sending conversion events back to Facebook, how do they then associate those conversion events with the person's profile that was on the page? How do they know who that visitor, user, whatever you're going to call that agent was? That's my favorite part of the topic. I usually do compare the requirements of that type of interaction between Google and Facebook, but I'll just stick with Facebook. So one thing that we talked yesterday, but I want to recap it, is that Facebook has people-based targeting. So if you open Conversion API requirements, you'll see that they want you to send as much data as possible. And some things are actually quite crazy because you have fields like first name, last name, date of birth, phone number, zip code, on top of all the other information you need to do. But in essence, it is not required because there are two data points that are accessible to all the advertisers without first collecting personal data, that's very important, and then sharing personal data with Facebook. Those two data points are Facebook click ID that comes with every click from Facebook, and then a Facebook user ID that sits there in the Facebook cookie and for at least now is accessible by third party. Okay, so basically to use the Facebook conversion API, you can capture the click ID, you can send PII back to Facebook. It seems like this is an opportunity for Facebook's advertisers to get in a lot of trouble because now all of a sudden we're put in a position where we're being asked to send user information back to Facebook. And obviously, that's the opposite of what all of the GDPR and the privacy regulations want is this information being passed back and forth, potentially without consent or at least understanding of consent. So a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Why is this solution using the Facebook conversion API better for the end consumer than just using Facebook's Pixel in the first place? Well, Nan said it is better. It's just different. And Pixels are going to die very soon. And that's why the switch to Facebook conversion API is just the part of the evolution. But to answer your question, for the advertiser and the end users of advertiser, now the responsibility for collecting and sharing information is put on the advertiser. And some tools, like for example, RightTrack, we do not collect any personal identifiable information, even the IP address, we don't collect it, we store it, obfuscate in our database. And when we send this data back to Facebook, Facebook gives our data a score anywhere from 4.5 to 6.5 of their 10 score grade, but it doesn't mean that this data is not used, it's perfectly fine. It's got its results and to our customers do their campaign target attribution based on the data. So you don't need to send PI data. And basically this gives an opportunity for a lot of advertisers to put a stop to that uncontrolled flow of personal information and actually be compliant because now they don't collect it, they don't have it, they don't send it. Or if they collect it, they just don't send it somewhere. They don't want to send it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, as we're having this conversation, my feeling is that this does the opposite of what the regulators want, where originally it was, hey, I don't want advertisers collecting my data and information without my express consent, without my knowledge. And now what's happening is you give your express consent to one person, and instead of them allowing Facebook to collect the data because you're a Facebook user, wherever you go, you're incenting the advertiser to, to collect as much information as they possibly can and directly feeding it to Facebook. And policing Facebook is one problem. Policing every advertiser on the planet, trying to get them to stop sending information that maybe the end consumer doesn't want to be shared back with Facebook, it seems to be a harder problem to me. To the regulations that are trying to drive, you know, these privacy concerns and stop the sort of unnecessary or undesired tracking, do you think they're successful? To an extent, yes, but they are as successful as people are willing to actually protect or hide their information. Because it's a different story in the world, but here in Europe, 
any site you go to actually asks your permission to process your information. You can choose what data you allow them to collect and share and what data you would not allow them to collect and share. I'll be honest, maybe just because I'm in digital market for 20 years, I don't care. I prefer to see personalized ads, not generic. So I just agree with everything because then at least they show me stuff I want to see. But sometimes when I get, because of this regulation, I get to US website, oh, they would not let me say, guy, you are from Europe. We don't want to deal with GDPR. So just empty page, go read somewhere else. And that's totally fine. I understand that they don't want to deal with all those regulations and that's the right. So in essence, their responsibility now is being granularly distributed and there will be companies who will be compliant and they will stay in the market. But a lot of the sites that used to thrive on that information will probably die out soon because people are getting more and more conscious. And like I said, the biggest part is that uh, we'll talk probably tomorrow that third-party cookies are going to die. And this will be an end of a lot of those type of web properties. Yeah, that's definitely a hot topic. So let's get into that tomorrow. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Vlad Zovtenko co-founder and CEO of RedTrack. Join us again tomorrow when we publish the third part of this conversation, which is the impact of the death of third-party cookies. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Vlad, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is RedTrackIO, R-E-D-T-R-A-C-K-I-O, or you could visit his company's website, which is RedTrack.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.